Okay, hello and welcome back, everybody. This is Ben Chiriboga, the Chief Growth Officer here at Nexo, coming to you with another This Legal Life podcast. If this is the first time that you are checking us out, welcome. I'm very, very excited for you to be here. This podcast is all about legal relationships. So each week, we do a deep dive on a relationship topic that maybe everybody's whispering around. Uh, silos, collaboration, hybrid work environments, client relationships, burnout, it's real, changing cultures, and everything in between. Today, I am super excited to be sitting down with Julie Henson. Uh, we're going to bring in Julie in a second, but really quickly, hi, Julie, how are you? It's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks so, for having me. Thank you for being here. So I'm going to read out to uh, Julie's bio, um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Julie's role, how she got into being the client, client officer, her background, and a bunch of things in between. I'm super excited. So let's kick off. Here we go. Julie Henson is the chief client officer at Taft. As the chief client officer, Julie drives new business development and the expansion of client relationships through strategic business planning, leadership coaching, and client feedback. With over two decades of experience advising high-performing individuals, both at the firm and with the clients, which I think we're going to get into, Julie helps navigate the intersection of business and law to drive key growth, spark innovation, and impact culture that drives revenue. Wow, Julie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to this. Um, Chief Client Officer, great title, really has kind of come to the fore over the course of the last 10, 15 years, I think, as uh, firms have um, increasingly uh, come to understand uh, the focus on client-centric experiences, delivery tools. We're going to get into all of that. But before we do, let's start in and dig in a little bit into your journey into the legal world. Like many, many of the new legal professionals, um, we will not be using the non-legal word, non-lawyer word here, legal professionals. Um, you came from outside of legal, specifically athletics. Uh, so when you started in this wacky world that we call legal, you know, what surprised you? And Sort of. Why don't, why don't you even? What's what's the what's the origin story? What's uh, how did Julie uh, come from athletics into here? Yes. Yeah, so I actually, and this is probably almost thirty years ago. So I'm really old. Um, but I started off as a paralegal at a law firm. Wow. And one of the attorneys that I worked with was an agent and wanted to start to represent yeah. professional athletes. And our firm wasn't too thrilled with that. So we decided if we're going to do it, we kind of have to go off on the side to do it because I had been a lifelong sports mm. fan. And so that was something that my, in, my interest um, was, was huge. And back in the late 90s, there weren't a lot of women in the sports world. And mm. so it was a great advantage to me to be able to work with folks that let me really dive in and be a part of recruiting and the client relationships. And so then I did sports for about eight years. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I decided to take a little break and I thought, well, I'll go back to law. Mm -hmm. And when I jumped back into the law firm world as a paralegal, it was nuts. Like I wasn't good at it. I didn't like it. It was just horrible. But what mm -hmm. I did see is I was fortunate to work with the managing partner of an AMLAW 50 firm mm -hmm. and saw the way that they went out and recruited business and treated their clients. And it was the same things that I did as an agent when I represented my athletic clients 
and the tactics that we used, the strategies that we used, um, I thought that they were doing it not as good as they could, right? Mm, right. So I started to share my ideas and give some feedback. And within a few months, they took me out of the paralegal role and said, no offense, but now you're going to manage this corporate group and really take our client um, development to the next level. Yeah. Ever since then, I just kind of hit the ground running, but I didn't come to it in a traditional way. And I think that has served me actually very well. Um, And I just really love it. Wow. Yeah. Such a good origin story there. I love it. Um, You know, what's, just to be fun with it, you know, it's relationships at the end of the day, I think, and managing and developing relationships, they, they do have some hallmarks. But I, you know, I'd, I'd wonder if, if somebody would ask you, what's the difference between uh, developing relationships and developing business in a, the athletics versus the legal field? What do, what do you think? Any, any, any interesting uh, distinctions between the two? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I was surprised about is when I'm managing, when I was managing my athletes. Mm-hmm. Their personalities, uh, their their personality traits are very similar to lawyers, mm, which I was right, really shocked about. They're right. both at the very high end of their spectrum as far as as yeah. as their work. You know, they're yeah, amazing yeah. at what they do, but on the other side, they're very low in resiliency. Mm. Back and so while I would have to you know work with these athletes who are the best in the world, sure. but yet if they were brought into a new situation Mm -hmm, kind mm -hmm. of fall down and fall to pieces and I would have to help them kind of stand back up the same is true with the lawyers when you know they're in their courtroom or they're working on a brief or a Mm -hmm. transaction they're in their sweet zone they know exactly what to do but then when they get in front of that client then that totally throws their world upside down so the coaching that I did with my athletes is the exact same coaching the tactics that I use with my lawyers and again I think that's one of the reasons why I've been able to be successful because I take a different approach to it than your typical lawyer marketing client development role right wow I really like it about about the resilience and you know the truth is is uh, it's been said before that if you're really good at something, it tends to be that you're kind of average at lots of other things. And mm-hmm. I, I think that sometimes can be very difficult to to hear for people who um, excel at one thing very specifically. And, and, and you know, the best lawyers that, that I've ever seen specifically around business development know what they're not good at and they work and they get coaching on what they're not good at. So I just, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like to get to a place where we understand that we all have strengths and then by virtue of having strengths, we also have weaknesses effectively. Just, just it's, it's kind of like part of the equation, right? If you're very good at something, you have to kind yeah. of not be as good as, as at something else. And it's, and it's totally fine. And because there might and be something that's really, really good and that's okay. Exactly. And that's the point that I want to make. And that's okay. Period. Basically. Okay, so let's, um, that's fantastic. Love the origin story and love where we were at and the distinction between or and the similarities between professional athletes and, 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 and lawyers. Um, so let's dig a little bit into relationships specifically. Uh, chief client officer, relationships that are at the core of what you do, um, really both on the client side as well as internally. Many people always say the legal industry is effectively about relationships. Uh, point stop basically mm-hmm. in a world of increasing competition as I think we've seen over the course of the last 10-15 years be it new competitive entrants who are both vying for uh, 
for client work, um, internal work, internal clients deciding to pull back, you know, and, and developing, well, in, in-house environments that sort of uh, harbor that, you know, how important are relationships today? Kind of a leading question, obviously. But, you know, what does it mean? I think this is the more interesting question, which is what does it mean to actually support client relationships in 2022? Because the world's going pretty crazy pretty quickly, ups and downs, mm-hmm. and clients are really going through a, a little bit of a turbulent time in a much more in a, in a much, uh, in a much different, uh, much faster period of time. So what does, what does cultivating relationships mean in, in this, in this world we live in right now? Yeah. So what you said is completely true. Relationships are everything. That is kind of a full stop, but I think where I view it being different now, and it's going to continue to go down this path is in the past when we've had a relationship with a client say it's a GC and it might've been a buddy from college. And so you have this deep relationship. You feel like, you know, that work is in the bag for a really long time and and that might serve you very well. And I work with attorneys that have friends um, that are their clients and they have a ginormous book of business and they love what they do. And they're very fortunate, but it's today where I think it's not, you you, you can't just take a client out to dinner or take Mm -hmm. them out on the golf course and expect to grow that relationship. Where I see it and what I preach to my attorneys all the time is how are you leading through the relationship? Mm. How do you be a leader? And I think when we talk about who is a good leader at a law firm, a lot of the leaders that we have have been appointed because they bring in a lot of business. But does that actually mean they know how to lead a team, lead a client relationship? Sometimes, most likely it does not. Right, right. So when I think about what's changing and where I'm trying to, to, to put energy into is how can I coach my attor- attorneys to lead holistically throughout the relationship, yeah. which includes, you know, like what's the succession plan, not just for mm-hmm. the GP who's going to retire, but the client that might jump and go somewhere else. I mean, that's yeah. happening all the time. Yeah. And so how can we really make sure that our relationships are shored up at every level from associate, from the pair, the paralegals, everybody mm-hmm. should have a counterpart at our client. And if an attorney is unwilling to kind of spread the love around, then yeah. I have a huge issue with that. And um, yeah. that's not a, that's not a good thing, but I see it all the time. Yeah. Uh, but we also need our attorneys from a relationship perspective. We need to, get feedback from our clients, be, be willing to ask the hard questions and then mm-hmm. through the feedback that we get. Um, yeah. A lot of times I ask an attorney to go talk to a client and they're like best friends since college. I know yeah, that's them. Right, 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 right. That's such a huge red flag for me. <laughs> um, and yeah. it's like, what are you scared? I'm going to find out. Yeah, um, right. yeah. And so in order to really kill these relationships, you really do need to understand what the client wants and needs mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not just rest on your relationships, but really lead through it. Yeah, I love your I love your nomenclature around leading through, you know, I think that's an important mind that shift. And um, I want to dig in a little bit more uh, into what you said about um, about bringing the whole firm or the one firm to the actual relationships. And I think you you put it, you know, from the paralegal to the associate in the, in the world of succession planning. But, you know, I think today getting 
a, a lot of people are taking this position, which is it really is the whole firm. And, and the more that you integrate the entire firm, including your partners, including the entire brand of the firm, what, what you end up doing is the relationship gets shored up, not just because of the personal one-to-one connection with, yeah, your buddy that you went to law school with, and, and, and that's sh- surely fine, but your buddy is connected to a company, and the lawyer is connected to a firm, and and that's that, th- and there's a client experience that sort of comes across that that is sort of mediated by by the relationship. So I guess, in one, does, does that make sense, and is that how you're sort mm-hmm. of like thinking about it? And and then second, you know, do you want to talk a little bit about bringing the one firm together and making sort of, it's almost like when two people get married, but then the family sort of come together and that creates sort of a deeper marriage. I, whatever, I just got married. So maybe that's like my, my entire thing. And I spent a month with my in-laws, but um, yeah, I don't know if that analogy hits, but uh, yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think, you know, when we think about a client team, I think the legal industry has been trying to figure this out for a really long time. And there's some firms that do it really well, but that's very few and far between from what I've seen, but I'm fascinated by it. The thing you absolutely need to have, you need to have a strong relationship with the client so you can structure your client team in ways that is beneficial to the client. And they Mm -hmm. acknowledge that. I think sometimes law firms, we get so far ahead of ourselves on things that we think we should do. Mm -hmm. And, not ask the client their opinion at all. And so we put all this time and energy and build these client teams. And then we go talk to the client and say, look at everything we've done. What do you mm-hmm. think? Yeah. And it falls flat. And so right. again, you lead through something. Yeah, that's right. And when you lead through teams, it's like, you know, how, how, how diverse is the team? How are we setting others up for success? It's not just about yeah. the relationship partner, but it's investing in our team. And that goes into retention at law firms and it goes mm-hmm. into a whole bunch of other different things. But when it comes to client teams, I really feel like the ones that have worked successfully and will last a long time is when the relationship partner is bought yeah. into it, brings the idea to the client, gets the client sign off and, and then create something together. And that's really where the rubber meets the road. And when bad things happen with the relationship, you know, Things happen all the time, but you are such in a place to have the conversation and work through it that that relationship really becomes bulletproof when we talk about competition. But the whole client teams thing, if you just want to put together a client team and say, I'm going to bring these five people together because we we work on a lot of things together, that is not a client team. Yeah, Everyone has, you have to be willing to integrate them into the client relationship, open up the financials, share all the numbers with the team so they understand what it means. And really, you know, I have a mapping exercise that I do where I literally take the org charts from Mm -hmm. the client and I, we map somebody to everybody on that org chart. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that was, you know, that can be uneasy for folks that have managed a relationship for years and years and years. It's, it's hard for some folks to do. Yeah. Let's, um, I, the second half of this, I want to sort of go into who is Julie and a little bit more about, uh, about the role and how you sort of see the role and envision the role and, and sort of platform this. But before we get there, I think I want to just want to touch a little bit because I think it's come across in a couple of different things, which is, you know, addressing this idea of resiliency specifically and giving feedback to lawyers and putting them in sort of situations where they might not be, you know, sort of necessarily comfortable or again, the big C sort of change word and putting them in workflows that that they might not, you know, 
you, you have a lot of coaching background and I, I have just picking up on your on your verbiage, I, I know that you use sort of mindset shifts and different frameworks and different exercises to put people in. I'm wondering if you can just sort of share, you know, whenever it comes to that those particular, which is dealing with the resiliency or the issues around resiliency and asking people to go into new dynamics fields, can you sort of just talk a little bit about how important coaching is and how you sort of think about this and start to address this, um, particularly maybe let's say around around client teams and integrating lawyers into that, or you can take it however you want, but does that make sense? Sort of, it's, it's, it's around sort of what, what coach, what kind of coaching works today around it, around, let's say client relationships and, and, and that, and that base basically. Yeah. So with coaching and again, when I started my career as one of the only women in the uh -huh. sports world, I learned very quickly that if I didn't speak up, I mm -hmm. would just blown past right yeah. like and so I've always been very um direct mm -hmm. and that is one thing that a lot of people in my position or you know as they're growing to become mm -hmm. a chief with if you're a manager or director is you know you have good instincts mm -hmm. but you're scared mm -hmm. to verbalize it because you don't know what the blowback is going to be and mm -hmm. so really you know I've built my career on giving feedback. But that being said, I also have a foundation of love mm -hmm. and kindness. Yes, right. And so it's not, I'm a big advocate of it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Sure. And so when totally. I'm coaching an attorney, I mean, I get to know them very well. And I, mm -hmm. and I ask personal questions. I try to understand kind of how they tick. And then I give them feedback directly in the moment um, about things that I've observed with them so far. Mm -hmm. And and they see a benefit from that. And, you know, mm -hmm. people might push back. And then I ask, why mm -hmm. are you pushing back? And why has that pushed a button? Mm -hmm. And it's just about communication and building that trust and that mm -hmm. relationship as quickly as you can. But I'll tell you now, you know, obviously our firm, um, we just acquired another firm in Detroit. Mm -hmm. We have over 800 attorneys. So obviously I can't work with everyone. So I, I mean, I have a I don't say this publicly, but I always say, you know, it's a privilege to work with me. And so I'm only going to work with mm -hmm. you if you take the feedback, if you mm. come to play, if you want it. Yeah. Um, I'm not just going to work with you because you asked me to, and you think that if I put a plan together for you, that you're going to succeed. That's not what my coaching is about. My coaching yeah. is, is really an integrated experience. Mm -hmm. um, it's the same approach that I take with our client re relationships. And for me, that's the only way that I can work. And chief yeah. client officer, that title means a lot of different things at a lot of different places, but to the core for me, it is that real authentic relationship and having a seat at the table um, yeah. and having that influence that's significant. Yeah. Wow. There's so much to impact there. I bet we could just do a, a podcast on, <laughs> on your entire coaching philosophy. You know, uh, chief, chief blah to chief blah, you know, I, I, um, you know, I, I've been really trying to work on my on my coaching as well. And um, uh, to your point, you know, I think setting boundaries and making sure that the to your point about, uh, you know, making sure that I'm I'm here so that we can continue to sort of develop together. But it's a two way street, um, you know, and setting those boundaries and those healthy, healthy expectations has been really important. And I've had to learn how to do that, quite frankly, and in a, in a direct way. Um, you know, the second is. 
I've what I've also learned is I'm always asking for feedback back to the people that I'm coaching and I'm and you know to, to know that it's not just one way and I've also found so for anybody out there who's you know doing coaching and developing trust and you know listen to what Julie has to say and you know that this is one other insight that I've really found which is being able to be coached back in terms of how you want to be how the person wants to be coached and um, opening up that and maybe just being vulnerable yourself as well um, to that kind of stuff and, and setting that out so anyway you just, yeah, you just everybody is not I mean they're all different right and so yes, you do totally. have to adapt if you have one way to doing things yeah. you're not going to be successful but I can tell you all the folks that I coach now and have coached throughout my career, they're one as uh, my favorite thing to do. They're great people. Yeah. You know, they're just amazing because I do have that kind of no asshole rule. That's right. right. And, oh. and so that makes my job very enjoyable. Awesome. So let's shift gears a little bit, maybe to the last 10, 15 minutes here. You've been so gracious with your time and let's go into the chief uh, client officer role. Um, maybe you can just start off, you know, how how do you frame it? How do you scope it at Taft? What does it mean to sort of be uh, the CCO at Taft? And then specifically, maybe we can get into what elements do you think you know make a successful uh, chief client officer today in the world that we're sort of living in 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 legal twenty twenty three basically. Mm -hmm. So what's unique about Taft and why why I love what I do so much here is that. As chief client officer, I'm not a part of the, the client development team or the, the mm. marketing team. Right. I'm not involved in the marketing team. I'm not involved in HR, but we have a strategy office. We have a chief strategy officer. And so we get deployed when there are things that we need to deal with from a, a firm-wide strategic perspective. And when it comes to clients, then I'm that point person for that. Right. And so that really gives me a lot of flexibility and a lot of freedom to do the work that I really want to do. And so what that looks like for me is a lot of what I do is while I coach these attorneys on the relationships, I do a lot of client interviewing and building that relationship directly with the client. Yeah. And that, that, that's what I have found most rewarding out of my career is when I build a relationship with a GC or a CEO mm -hmm. or someone um, on the client side I get to know them through the interview process and then I'll, we, we, you know, connect with them on a regular basis to make sure that we're uh, performing based off their feedback. But what I found is that when you build those types of relationships on the business side, they'll share with you, Hey, I'm having an issue. I need to go to the board and I need to explain this. And I'm really not sure the best approach. Can you talk me through it? All right. And so I have opportunities to add value to that overall client relationship that's completely outside of the law, quote unquote, law firm world. Right. Um, and that is something that I have significantly enjoyed. Yeah. What does, what do you think makes, what, what do you think clients are looking for from from their client experience. And maybe you, it's like sort of what you just said, but taking it from the client side effectively, you know, what are they looking for from interactions with somebody like a chief uh, client officer, but then just even more generally, their their client experience of what comes out and through, like, what do you think's going on in their minds today? What are they worried about? And and yeah, I think you got it, yeah, yeah you got it, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, from a from a chief client officer perspective, when I say, hey, I'm the chief client officer and I'd love yeah. to talk to you, <laughs> right, they, yeah. really, they really don't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. um, when I tee up a client interview, 
you know, obviously I send them questions beforehand and tell them about the process. But then typically mm-hmm, when I do mm-hmm. an interview, I ask some of those those questions, but yep. I primarily send them those questions just so they can start to think. Yes, um, right. But whenever I end a client interview, they always say, I had my expectations were blown out of the water. I was I didn't know what this conversation would be like. I enjoyed talking to you. You know, they, mm-hmm, really, they mm-hmm. really enjoy the exercise. Yes. And then that's a perfect way to then be able to take that relationship to the next level. Mm-hmm. And then they appreciate, wow, Taft has someone like you to talk mm-hmm. to me about what my needs are and what I'm mm-hmm. worried mm-hmm. about, my challenges are, and I'm giving mm-hmm. um, advice. They, re- they really um, are attracted to that and love that and view that as a, a value add. I think also it is a great role for if there is an issue in the relationship or they've seen something that another law firm has done and they might feel bad to tell their lawyer about it because they don't want to make, make them feel bad. Sure. But then they'll come to me and say, hey, have you seen this before? You know, mm-hmm. this new billing system that this firm uses is really great and, and it's been very helpful to us. Would you be mm-hmm. open to doing it? That's a perfect conversation for the strategy office to have. Um, my colleague, Lindsay Capeter, does mm-hmm. the client solutions side of it, like the technology piece of it, mm-hmm. and just creates these amazing things. And and that has just been a huge offering to our clients. And now once they discover us, um, we get a lot of work from them. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, that's fantastic. I think um, uh, I'd love to dive in into, you know, how do you, I'll just ask, you know, let's yeah. say with what you know, let's say you get that piece of feedback about, about the attorney and, you know, it's, it's funneled through you because, you know, you've developed the client, they, you've developed the client relationship. They understand that it's a broader conversation in which they're having, you know, mm-hmm. what do you do there? Let's, can you walk us through, you know, like what, 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 how does that, how does that roll out a little bit? And, um, and, you know, at the end of the day, that's, a, that's an opportunity to build an, even a deeper relationship with the client. And then it's also kind of a learning situation uh, for the entire firm in some ways, but yeah. How do you, how do you think about those difficult conversations? Yeah. You know, I, I really, I might be weird in this, but I really love those types of conversations because that's really where like the growth comes, right? Yeah, sure. And so when I can find something or if a client brings something that is an issue or a potential issue, one that shows that they care enough to share that information. Because a lot of times if we're going to lose a client, we won't even know it, right? The work will just start to go away. So if a client We're not gelling well because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the fact that they come and talk to me about it first sure. and then I can tee it up and set it up in a way that is productive Yeah. because a lot of people don't like to get feedback, including our clients. So what I love to do with it is, is get that person that I need to deliver mm-hmm. that feedback to in a place where they're ready to receive it and yeah. that they can view it as a gift as well. It's not yes, a criticism, right. it's an opportunity. And now you are on the client's radar. It might be in a bad way right now, but when you sure. turn this around and do it differently and grow, yeah. they're gonna be twice as impressed with you because you've been mm. resilient and you've stayed in there and you've made a difference. Wow. So I, I, I really love to turn that negative feedback into an awesome opportunity and to challenge the lawyers to, to do it yeah. where some can't get there, but you know, yeah, some right. can. 
Wow. I think that was the that, that was the highlight clip for me this last like two minutes. That was so well put, really, honestly. Um and kudos to you for for the bravery to sort of like step up. You know, I'm still I'm still well, yeah, learning every single day to sort of get there, definitely. I um, you know, I think I think I wanna end a little bit about advice and sort of paying it forward to people early kind of in their career. So uh you've made it. Chief uh, Chief Client Officer um, in that in that end, you know I don't know where your how high your mountain goes, but I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's great. But you know here you are at that peak. When you look back down and sort of reflect, um, and specifically wanting to give advice to somebody who maybe is starting off but has sort of the aspirations to to be a Julie, you know what do you think developmentally they should be thinking about what's what's a framework that that you think because you know it seems so high now but yeah like like what what would be what would be the different sort of steps that you feel like people should come to yeah I would say the the absolute number one thing that you need to recognize if you're in the legal world is that you cannot take anything personally like at all if an attorney is snot or you know is short with you don't take it in. If you give an idea and they immediately shoot it down, that's okay. You spoke up, you, you mm-hmm. gave your idea. If you get defeated right. and recoil in, you're not going to last very long. I always mm-hmm. say that attorneys can smell fear. <laughs> and if they see that you're not in it to win it um, yeah. because of your confidence, yeah. they'll either push you aside and move forward. And the words that you use won't have as much weight. Right. Um, as they would independently. So I would just say, you know, that thick skin, unfortunately you need it in the legal Mm -hmm. world. I always say, if you're in the legal community for five years plus, you can go anywhere. So if you've made it this far, you're already doing really great, great things and it'll serve you well in the rest of your career. Um, But just, you have to get the confidence that you need. You need to meet people um, across the Mm. industries. I didn't do a particularly great job at that when I first started out. And Mm -hmm. I think that I learned so much from my colleagues at other firms. Um, So the more you can get involved and learn from people while also understand that everybody has a great idea, but the way your approach might be like Mm -hmm. lean into that. Um, I mentor this amazing PR manager um, Mm -hmm. at a huge firm in Boston and she's amazing. And she's starting to climb that ladder Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the larger the firm is, the more politics there there are and what practice groups you have. And, you know, what I have found is that, you know, we all have good instincts mm-hmm. and when we get sidetracked and get away from them, that's when we get screwed up. Yeah. So just, you know, ask questions, reach out to folks. Um, every time she sends me a, a text asking a question, I'm so glad she did because I would have mm-hmm. hated to have her be in her mm-hmm. office by herself and trying mm-hmm. to wrap around what her next step should be. Um, so just don't hesitate to reach out to folks and, and ask for help um, mm-hmm. because if you can get a great mentor, or a, um, that's I think the way I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, what I heard is, um, and this is just good life advice, quite frankly, which is be resilient, uh, mm-hmm. get back up, uh, develop thick, sing, thick skin. If it's not today, it might be tomorrow. You, you really don't know. You know, the, yeah. the stars might align. And at the end of the day, um, don't be too proud not to ask for help. Um, really, that's uh, that's kind of a, a good step here. Wow. So 
I think we're kind of coming to the end of our time. I want to ask if there's uh, any other wrap-ups, any uh, any any last uh, sort of words of wisdom, anything that you live by that uh, is sort of a mantra for you that you'd like to pass along. Anything anything in that in that vein? You know, I I mean, I guess now in my older age, you just don't worry about things like things. Mm. You know, if, if you're true, right. if you're true to yourself, I mean, my motto is you know, don't worry about anything, pray about everything, right? Right. Thank um, you. And, but be confident, like speak yeah. up, you have good ideas, you're at the yeah. table for a reason, so yeah. use it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, honestly, it's, um, it's the hardest thing in the world to get out of your head a little bit sometimes, right? And, um, yeah. and we all live our lives sort of on a day to day basis. But when you look back, all of those all of those things that you worried so much about 10 years ago, you don't even remember what they are, quite frankly, right? Sure. And, um, and almost, almost nothing's going to kick you out of the game. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's, a, it's a long path in some ways. It's a yes. short life, but it's a long path, I, I guess. In a, and in a fight way. for what you want. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, Julie, I think we're going to come to the end here. You have been so gracious with your time. You want to let us know sort of what's the next quarter look like for yourself, for TAF, anything that we need to be on the radar with? yeah bring us bring us up to the know yeah you know I mean I would say like I said we just um, brought on our colleagues from Traf, uh, Taft Detroit yeah. um, so that's exciting so we're going to continue the integration process obviously we're looking um, forward to doing some amazing things with our clients this year um, the strategy office has a lot of really amazing things that I can't talk about right now, but really <laughs> things that are going to push the envelope in a new way. Wow. In the legal and um, I work with Anne Reinhardt and Lindsay Capito, two amazing women, and we have a lot of exciting things that are coming up. So I also would encourage folks, if you have questions, I love to meet people. I love to talk to you. So um, if you want to talk about anything, don't hesitate to reach out. There we go. So thank you so much. Wow. Big things from Tap. Yeah, we're looking forward to 2023. Um, all right, everybody. Well, we've come to the end of another This Legal Life podcast. It was my pleasure today to speak with Julie Henson, Chief Client Officer at TAF. Absolute pleasure. We're going to have her on very, very soon. And Julie, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Ben. You were great. I loved it. See you, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.